Hey everyone, thank you for joining me once again on 4X Formula Radio. I'm super excited about season two of the show because we're now going to be interviewing a bunch of special people from all over the place that are really special to our amazing real estate industry. You're going to learn insights, strategies, thought-provoking ideas from people that are just out there doing it, but also from people that have special knowledge about certain aspects of the real estate business and how that can help you in your business. Your mind is like a parachute. It only works when it's open, right? Keep your mind open and it's amazing what you will learn. So with that in mind, I'm super excited to be talking to an amazing person today named Randy Dick, who has been in the business for over 28 years, but he has been a top producer the whole time from his first year in the business. And we're going to talk about what he did to make that happen in his first year, like what mindsets were in place and how he manages to maintain wonderful work-life balance as well, which he's always done while being a top producing agent and influencer in the real estate world. Stick around to the end and learn how you can get a chance for a one-on-one phone call with my guest, Randy Dick. He's offered to give his precious time to some of our listeners this week. Okay. All right. Let's get to it. Today, we have a very special episode for you. I'm so excited to be able to bring you a conversation with Randy Dick. If you've been in the Remax system at all, you would have heard of him. He's been a top producing agent since his first year in real estate 28 years ago. And we're going to talk about how how he applied himself and what motivated him to achieve that. To give you an idea of his accomplishments over the last 28 years, here we go. Randy's been a top producing realtor for over 28 years in the Fraser Valley Real Estate Board. He has been involved in broker ownership, sales, investing, and most importantly, client care. And over the past 19 years, he's developed and led one of the most successful real estate teams in Canada, averaging more than 300 transactions per year every single year. Under the leadership of Randy Dick, the Eximus Real Estate Team has achieved many outstanding awards in his local board, which is located in the Fraser Valley of British Columbia, but also uh, real quick as an icon agent now with the EXP Realty System. So during his time prior to that, he received um, many accolades from like Remax Canada and Remax International, including in the top six Remax teams in all of Canada. He has been top 50 worldwide, and there's over 123,000 agents within the Remax system all over the world. So multiple years earning the medallion award in his board, uh, which basically identifies the top 25%, as well as the team president's award. He's received the coveted Remax Lifetime Achievement Award and the Remax Circle of Legends, and most recently named one of the top 200 agents in Canada. That's who we get to talk to today. Unbelievable. So listen up, stick to the end. Randy's passion, knowledge, commitment, and desire to provide exceptional professional client care has driven him to advance his professionalism within the industry. But add to that work ethic. He's going to talk to us about his story, and we're going to learn a lot about him. Born and raised in a southern Alberta farm, Randy realized early on that a strong work ethic was the secret ingredient that produced great results. 35 years ago, 
Abbotsford became his home, which is about like a half hour away from where I am and about an hour away from Vancouver, which is on the West Coast. And that uh, that became his home where he works and plays. And he enjoys the West Coast lifestyle with his wife of 33 years. They have three children, two son-in-laws, and he enjoys all these things that involve speed and thrills and a bit of risk. Randy's latest passion actually is kite surfing. He's a really super interesting guy and he's so humble. And I'm just so pumped to be able to have his undivided attention for this episode. And I'll tell you, Randy is one of the nicest guys in the world and he's offered to get on a phone call for 15 minutes or a half hour, however long it takes. He he didn't want me to totally limit it to 15 minutes. One-on-one with him to one of our lucky listeners. So one of you will get that. Uh, We'll tell you how to get that at the end. So stick around to the end of the episode to learn how you can get a hold of that opportunity to have a one-on-one conversation with Randy Dick. I promise you, you're going to love this episode. Let's meet him. Let's meet Randy. But real quick, I just want to let you know that in the beginning of the episode, uh, something happened with the internet or something. And there's a little, there's a few little glitches that I, I'm not really able to clean up. And they just kind of popped in on a couple, a couple times. But I just want to let you know, it does go away. So it doesn't stay there for the whole episode. Okay. Enjoy this chat with Randy Dick, top producing real estate agent from Canada. Uh, I am so thankful, everybody, to be here with Randy Dick, um, who is, uh, his his business is about uh, 30, 30 minutes away from me, and uh, we've kind of known each other throughout the years, and uh, just lately, we've gotten to know each other a little bit better, and I am so thankful that uh, he's been able to take the time to be with us and uh, just kind of really just give uh, a lot of his knowledge and stuff. So I'm really excited to be speaking with Randy Dick here. 28 years in the business. Is that right? 28. Yes. As of uh, May, it's, I started my uh, 29th year in May. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I just turned over 23 years. So you're about five years ahead of me. And uh, I've always, uh, I've always looked up to your business and see how you do things. And, um, always been impressed even people that have you know because people come and go when you have teams um, and hopefully you know the, the ambitious ones are going to go and they're going to do well hopefully and i've mm-hmm. seen that from your business yes. so when people when people leave your nest if you want to call it that they they go out and they are eagles afterwards and uh that's amazing so and that's not easy to do so tell us a little bit about randy dick who is randy dick oh wow um well um I'm uh, I'm 57 years old in September, so I'm not a young guy anymore. I'm not a young young spring chicken anymore. I'm a twin, which is uh, a lot of fun and very interesting. And uh, being a twin shapes you in a way that uh, I don't think you understand, unless you're a twin, but uh, makes you very competitive. Uh-huh. Because you've always got the, the absolute equal to whatever you are standing beside you. So racing to the bus stop. Um, scoring, scoring the most hoops, uh, whatever it is, you always have your best and most um, confident competitor beside you that is actually you know your advocate and trying to help you become better too. So it's pretty cool. So I'm a twin. Um, I moved up to the Fraser Valley from Pincher Creek, Alberta. I was born and raised in, in a small farming community on a farm, Pincher Creek, Alberta, and uh, moved here in '84 to go to Columbia Bible College which is where I spent a couple of years. And I met my beautiful wife, Jolene from uh, Manitoba there. And, you know, next thing we fall in love, we get married and 
three kids later and um, and uh, working hard at uh, trying to you know, pay a mortgage and do all that, uh, <laughs> that father, husband, uh, provider thing. And um, and I, I stumbled into real estate in 1992. So, um, in um, May of 1992, so that's uh, that's kind of the backstory before real estate, and wow. um, and uh, yeah, so that's it. People do things, don't they? They they go through a change of life. They come to a new place, and it's it's never you never grow up going. You know what? I'm going to be a realtor one day. Like very rarely do you hear that. You know? Yes. You're, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a policeman. I want to be, you know, but. And then suddenly we fall into this business somehow. I was the same way. I, you know, I came in and just kind of fell in, really. Um, what got you started? Like what really attracted you to become a realtor? In 92, by the way, it was very yeah. different back then. Extremely different. Yeah. But uh, I was always into sales. I loved sales. I was never going to be a farmer. I knew that mm-hmm. out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked clothing. So I, was, I thought, I'd, oh, maybe I'll own a clothing store at some point. And I did work at a clothing store, and then I worked at Clearbrook Sports, which no longer exists. Mm. But um, but I got my my uh, sales skill on and my desire to help people. I mean, really, uh, selling or sales is really just how can I solve your problem? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, whether whether it's pain or pleasure, people make decisions on pain or pleasure, and so I learned how to help people through that process of, of working in retail. And from there, uh, I realized I, I wanted something more than just uh, working in, in retail. And so I had a close friend that was uh, in real estate, um, and he suggested I become an agent. And I took him up on it, and uh, here we are. And actually, that fellow is one of the larger developers in the Valley right now. So uh, uh, Ron Funk was a, was an inspiration for me to start into real oh, estate. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is our first properties. Ron Funk is huge. He's uh, he's doing lots of stuff all over the place yes. too now. He's really yes. stretched out. How's my sound right now? I heard a little zip. Is it still fine? It's been in and out, but now it's good. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I have no idea why. Um, that's very cool. So humble beginnings. It's not like uh, you had parents in real estate or you had a bunch of success in something else. You kind of moved up through public service industry, really. And I find a lot of people who come from the service industry, if you're working in the service industry right now in any capacity as a waiter, waitress, selling shoes in retail in some way or in some sort of sales position where you're operating with the public or face-to-face in some way, um, you have a huge advantage in real estate. And a lot of people don't really see themselves from that to, to, to being a realtor sometimes, but I've seen it happen so many times people coming mm-hmm. from that type of industry and just kicking butt once they get into it. That's really cool. That's true. I didn't know that about you. So that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. And so you get into the business and you know, you go through the same stuff we all go through, right? Like trying to figure it out. How do you write a contract? How do you get, how do you get oh. leads? Like all that. And um, so how, how long do you think, you felt like you struggled before you started to feel like, you know what, this is going to work. This is going to be my career. I'm going to, or did you dive in head first knowing you're going to make it? Mm. I had no choice, but to make it. <laughs> uh, I literally had no choice. Uh, had a new baby, had another baby on the way, um, have house payment, car payment, 
And it was just how in the world am I going to make this work and survive? And so I, I just dove in with everything I could, poured every amount of energy into it, and um, and basically just worked 70, 80-hour weeks to make it happen. And, um, and early on, I, you know, I got quite a bit of good traction, good success out of the gate. And, um, and I came from a job where I was earning about $30,000, $32,000 a year and feeding the family, doing all that on that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it wasn't that I needed tons and tons of money, but I had no money coming in when I started real estate. And so I just uh, worked my tail off. And by the end of the year, I'd earned sixty. so that that was pretty, pretty incredible for me. It was like I doubled my income, Mm -hmm. but I worked extremely hard. And, and, um, you know, people say, well, what did you do when you started out? Well, I did everything. You know, I was, anybody got an open house. Like I'll do, I'll do two open, three open houses this week. Who's got open houses that I can do? Who's got buyers that they're not interested in working with because, you know, as you move on in your in your business, you start being very selective who you're working with. And I would just, you know, ask any agent in the office, do you have anybody you don't want to work with? I'll pay you a referral. Yeah. So I just yeah. continue to do that. And I really uh, worked hard at hanging out with the right people. Mm-hmm. I would take agents out for coffee. I would ask if I could join them for lunch. I would do all these things. So I was surrounded by the best people in the office so I could learn from them. But they also saw my, my enthusiasm and my energy for the business. And so it was really easy for them to quickly start giving me their opens, their leads that they didn't want to deal with. Um, and so that's, that's really where my humble beginning started. And, um, and the other thing that I noticed really early on by many, many agents, they didn't treat real estate like a real job. Mm. You know, they would show up at 10, 11 o'clock. Sometimes you wouldn't see them till one o'clock. They'd go home early. And I thought, this is how they do real estate. This is how the business is. And so I never, ever treat it like that. I always treat it like a real job. So I would be at the office at eight o'clock. I wouldn't go home till six o'clock. Didn't matter if I had something going on or not. How do I fill my hours with productive things? Uh-huh. And if it spilled into the evening, fantastic. I was excited. Oh, my goodness. I get to go show some houses this evening <laughs> or you know, meet with a potential seller or something. So I always treat it like a real job. Mm. And, um, and and I think that really, really helped me. And I didn't get caught up in that, well, you know, I get to set my own hours. and I'm my own boss. I treated it like I was actually being managed by somebody. And I had to show up and punch the clock. And I still do that today. Yeah. I still do that today. It's funny. Some habits just stick with you, don't they? And, um, and that's fantastic. But you just, it was, and really, I think it sounds to me that you basically shut the back door, burnt the bridge behind it and said, I'm going forward. I'm not going back. I'm going forward in this business and I'm going to make it work. And if it, if it's meant to be, it's up to me is is was sounds to me like the attitude absolutely you know take that rearview mirror off your windshield and throw it in the garbage never look in that thing yeah 
it doesn't do you any good. And um, and I have to say, I have to really um, uh, give kudos to my wife, uh, Jolene. She, you know, we're business partners, even though she wasn't in the business, but she took care of, I'm getting emotional because it was so important. Yeah. But she took care of everything outside of me, me at, uh, at real estate. She allowed me to pour everything I could into real estate to make it work. Yeah. And something as simple as, you know, taking off the garbage. Um, she just took care of everything outside of real estate and allowed me to really pour myself into, into the real estate game. And we became just wonderful partners in how to manage our lives, our business and our, our family mm-hmm. uh, in such a way that we could have success at, at family, home and work. That's really interesting. You know, um, Good for you because and and I and, and you've been thirty three years, thirty three three yeah thirty three years married yeah. Congratulations on that. That is uh, an enormous accomplishment in the, in this world, and uh, you know with our fifty percent divorce rate out there and all that. I mean, it's just such an inspiration. So not only are you a great success in real estate, and 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 passing your success down and pulling people up to bring you up to where you are right now, and I see you doing that constantly um obviously you have to be a great person to be able to to have a wife stick with you that long and 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 one of the secrets um you know i believe and 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 let me know if this is what you did i would be like if she has to have buy-in on the randy dick real estate guy right like she has to buy in on that and and i can see if you're coming home at two o'clock if you're not getting to the office till 10, 30, 11, or whenever you feel like it, and, you know, spending a bunch of money on having some drinks with the guys instead of actually working, you know what I mean? Like all these decisions that we, that people make, and I see it happening in the real estate world all the time. Mm-hmm. If she sees that you are working hard and you're putting your heart and soul into it and you're ambitiously going after your goals and you're sharing those goals with her and you're sharing with the struggles and the successes and all that with her, She's going, you know what? Okay, Randy, I got to step up over here and take care of that. So you can go ahead and do that and free up right. your mind. Um, did, did, did you have those conversations? You know, was there tension ever where you had to kind of share the dream? Well, sharing the dream is is obviously sharing what your, what your business plan is and what your expectations and goals are. But, but also, um, I'd understand what her goals were as well. Mm. And so, you know, one of the things that um, we do in real estate is we have this, this fluid schedule that basically takes us away from our families at some of the the most precious times. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so uh, at some point we we said, okay, these are going to be sacred times, sacred days, sacred things that we're not going to let anybody into. Mm-hmm. And uh, whether that's dinner hour or or, or uh, Friday night, like here's something so crazy. Somebody sends me an offer with subject removal on Friday. I'll often change that subject removal till Saturday. Yeah. Because I do not want it to be dealing with, you know, a subject removal or extension at seven o'clock on a Friday night because Friday night's a special night for us. You know, so just having an understanding. So, honey, what what are, what are the most precious times that you want me to be available, and how do you want me to be available? Mm-hmm. So, I'm buying into her plan as well. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. right? Because if I'm not buying into her plan, why would she buy into my plan? Absolutely. And that's such great advice for anybody listening out there who's just starting to slug it out right now. And sometimes, you know, I draw I draw the graph of, of what you need to go through before your liftoff happens. And this is in any business. I don't care who you are in any business. That graph looks the same. There's a, there's a flat line for a little while, it feels like. And your wife has to believe in you during that. But at the same time, she has to have that feeling of importance that, that you, you you do deem time with her important. And right. uh, absolutely, that's that's awesome that you guys did that. And you just stuck to it the whole time, even though you're doing your 70 hours a week. Um, well, well there, I mean, there's times that, that, that's not. I mean, balance, what is balance in life, you know? Yeah. So I think, you know, uh, the one thing, if, if there's a great book to read out there, Gary Keller has written the book, but one thing he talks about time management and draws a line down the middle of the page. This is time, you know, this is time management or balance of life. And then over on this side, it's just like crazy, crazy business scribbles for a while. And then zing, you go across the other side and then you, you you know, take care of all those other things that help you with balance in life, but it's hard to keep it down the middle. So there's going to be times that you just got to make hay. Mm-hmm. As long as your spouse knows that, and then you come over. So one of the things that we did early on is we made sure that we went away on our own. Mm-hmm. This is this is more about a, a marriage seminar than a real yeah. estate seminar. But, but <laughs> you know, one thing that we made sure that we did is uh, is we went away for seven to ten days every year. We called it our our uh, honeymoon. So every year we had a honeymoon trip with no kids, turned off the world, and just got reacquainted with each other. Because real estate takes us away from each other so much. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing with real estate is when I'm on a, on a high with real estate, my wife or my spouse or my significant other is often on a low because I'm not around. I'm loving it because I'm doing deals. Mm-hmm. And she is at home wondering, when is Randy coming home? <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a bit of a challenging business with relationships. But I've been fortunate to uh, have a beautiful wife that uh, you know that we we just had an amazing team team yeah. uh, concept to to work together at. That's very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And I feel the same way about my wife. I'm very thankful. We now work together for the last 10 years, as you know. Yes. But, uh, you know, she had to be that advocate when I wasn't around. And, and instead of saying to the kids, you know, dad's not going to be home because he's out working and he's a jerk. She yeah. said, dad's out working really hard for us and he's going to be home soon. Right. And, and, you know, but I would be there Friday morning at eight thirty kindergarten reading time with the parents. And I was the only dad there, you know, those <laughs> are the things I was able to do. Right. Yeah. And I was able to get to everyone at Connor's rugby games or soccer games or whatever I was there and I was able to coach. So quality versus quantity sometimes, you know, not as much. I wasn't home sitting on the couch watching TV in the same house as them. Like a lot of people do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But when we were together, we were engaged and we were enjoying each other's company. And uh, so, no, that's super. Well, let's move on from that because we could, we okay. could get into a whole family, how to run your family as a realtor. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh man, I love to hear that though, because, you know, there, there's a lot of people that will sacrifice other parts. Of yeah. their, um, and uh, I talk about that in some of my videos as well. 
So you're, you're, you actually did pretty good. So the, all of a sudden your first year, I doubled my money that I made last, you know, in my job. So all of a sudden, boom, belief, right? Right. This thing can work. Yes. Once you have that belief, it's like a mind stretch. It, you know, the mind doesn't go back and then it's kind of, Hey, what can I do now? I just mm-hmm. do that. Maybe I can do this. When was that TSN turning point? Because you became, you know, pretty, pretty top dog. Like a lot of people looked up to you. Right. And I don't know if you got into the business thinking that's what you wanted to do, but the, there must've been a point in your brain where there was a switch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, when, um, when, when you enter the game of real estate, everybody's going to be a naysayer to you. And, um, and so I, I, I remember hearing a lot of, little chatter in the background oh randy he'll never make it he'll do this he'll do so i uh you know i had the fear of failure in me and and people will say well fear failure that's not a very good motivator for me it was a powerful motivator i was not going to fail there was just nothing that was going to hold me back from from succeeding and um and so that first year like you know shared also i was going wow this is uh this is pretty cool i've doubled my income and the next year, I just kept pouring it on, pouring it on, and keeping that same worth ethic, and uh, and also that fear of failure kept driving me. And um, believe it or not, I, I was the um, the top agent in the office the next year. Wow! And um, and so you know, with that, now I really felt confident in what I was doing. I set a goal for myself that I would take one listing every week. If I could take one listing every week, wow, that would be, uh, you know, success of those listings selling would be at least 60%. So that and, uh, and another 50% would probably be buying another property. If I could just list one home a week, I'd probably get into that 50, 60 deal a year category. And, uh, you know, within, um, and, and, <laughs> Commissions were a lot, lot different in 1992. So being the top agent in my little uh, boutique office of Clearbrook Realty, that was about $125,000, $130,000 of uh, commission earned. Um, so I quickly moved from that into about $200,000, $225,000 by year three, four. But then I got kind of stuck there. Mm. And, um, and part of the reason I got stuck there is because there was nobody pressing or pushing or pulling me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I, can I, see was the, I was the big fish. And, um, and I just thought, hey, I got this all under control. I'm the top dog in the office. And it wasn't until I went to, uh, to Remax. I have to thank Remax for everything they did. What a great franchise it was uh, for me to, to be along. And I went into those conferences and I met agents doing you know, 300, 400, 500 deals. And I went, Oh my goodness. <laughs> You're a little fish. You are a little fish. Where did you think you were? But what that did is it, it inspired me of, well, they can do it. Why can't I? Mm-hmm. If I can earn extra, if I can sell 20 homes, why can't I sell 40? If I can sell 40, I know the formula for 40. Why can't I just re, redo that formula to do 80 or 160 or 320? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, the TSN turning points were, were basically when I, when I kind of outgrew my surroundings. And then I went, there's got to be something bigger and better. Mm-hmm. 
something bigger and better all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and one of those points was was starting a team. Um, the team really changed everything about me. It even changed the way I um, I would collaborate and share. Um, prior to that, I was a pretty open, giving person, but um, I always, you know, you see that so many agents, they just want to protect and protect and protect their stuff. But then when I started building a team, I realized I had to, you know, really share everything I knew. And then I realized, well, I could share it. And not many people would actually uh, do all the things you share. <laughs> but um, but along the way in building a team, then I realized, man, I just, I love giving back to people and um, and seeing them grow and prosper and, and become way more than they ever thought they were capable of. So that was a huge turning point when I started building a team back in, uh, in the early 2000s, 2002, three is when I started building a team. Mm-hmm. And um, that's been really, really uh, amazing. But then along the way, there's, there's moments. So um, you almost reinvent yourself along the way. So as a rookie, this is who you are. As you get established as an individual, well, kind of reinvent yourself as an individual. Then I started a team, and I had to reinvent who I was again in a way. Mm-hmm. And then as the team grows and you see, you know, it you know, grow and then shrink and grow and shrink, and you're trying to find the right people, you really have to, again, kind of reinvent how you do things and, and really learn to be a student of the game at all times. And I think – you know, if I can share anything with any of, the, any of your listeners, is you got to be a student at all times. Doesn't matter at what stage of, of your your business you're at. So, um, not to not to brag, but just to give context. You know, a few years ago, I topped over 150 sales personally, not the team, but myself personally, just mm-hmm. to give context. I would have never done that without being a student of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet, I still want to be a student of the game at, at 150 plus deals a year. How can I do this better, easier? How can I serve my clients? How can I you know, leverage um, you know, this with my team and give my team leverage out of this as well? Right. Um, right. A, uh, you know, we're always evolving as leaders. Mm-hmm. And um, a really uh, interesting um, equation for leadership I was I was uh, shared this was shared with me this isn't me but in order to know if you're a true leader this fellow told me uh, basically you you know you're a true leader when you know how to handle leverage and you create legacy so leverage you know, when we think of leverage we always think well how am I how is Randy going to leverage the team or how is Randy going to leverage um the people around him more importantly is how are the people around you going to leverage you? Mm-hmm. How is my team going to leverage everything that I've learned and done in the game of real estate that benefits them? That is, that's true leverage. Yes. And then I'm creating legacy because now these agents go and become very successful agents in fact, they become my competitors in a lot of cases, which yeah. is which is beautiful. I love it. It's great to see you know agents that have come through and they've gone on to be you know super super incredible agents. And so now you've done leverage both ways, and you've created this legacy in people, mm-hmm. which is really the legacy that you have. Now that's true leadership. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. If you've created a legacy and, and leverage, then you you know, okay, I've done not too bad at being a leader of some sort. Yeah, absolutely. And and you really are the epitome of that. Like this this business is a very selfish business. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's all about the brand and all about how big I am and the billboards and the the name and all that kind of stuff it is. But at the end of the day, how are we going to be remembered when we're, you know, what are they going to write on our tombstone, <laughs> right? That's and right. how many people did we affect in a positive way throughout our life somehow where, you know, they, they saw the example of how Randy Dick and his wife operate and the example of how he operates his day and the habits that he performs and how he integrates with people and all that kind of stuff. You've, you've affected all these people. And either intentionally or non-intentionally, it's uh, none of us are perfect, but um, it's, it's, it's such a wonderful thing to, to actually look back and that leverage and legacy is an excellent thing. That's a, that's a neat way of um, kind of understanding that and, and thinking of leverage in both ways, them leveraging your experience Mm -hmm. and your systems. That's another big, big deal. I'm sure. And then you leveraging them, but at the end of the day, you know, some of them, when they, when they get real good, are going to go on and they're going to move on. But they're a legacy of Randy Dick. Like I remember there's about three or four agents out there operating today that I know went through your system. I still think of you and I think of them. Like I, I, I give them props for sure. <laughs> you know, they took the ball and ran with it, but you gave them the ball. Right. And, uh, and I think that's amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's very cool. How we do for time? Okay. Um, so yeah, let's get into that. Like, um, in your estimation, as and now you're a leader in in a different way. You're starting to expand all over North America and mm-hmm. and um, through the and may I say it the EXP system, which is uh, just going nuts right now. Um, and uh, it, it's it's a very cool system, but again. An effective leader is going to have an effective team, right? Mm-hmm. And so how important to you, like in, in, in like a new agent starting out, you know, yeah, there's the, the go-getter type person. There's the other person who's maybe a little bit hesitant, but just kind of figuring it out and maybe needs to understand the to-dos and all the little stuff. For, I mean, there's all the different personality types. Personally, right. I believe every personality type can be successful in real estate. I don't, I don't buy into that. You got to be an A type personality, want to walk on everybody else to make it in real estate. There is that is not true, and uh, I, I really believe that's a fallacy. Every personality type can make it in real estate, but the challenge is, I always, I always fall back to because I've seen it like so much in in our in our in my twenty three years, is they just don't know what to do <laughs> half the time, you know, and so. Proper training, proper mentoring, and if there is no mentoring, investing in proper training and systems to 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 learn. And there is ways to do that that aren't expensive. There's some very expensive ways to do that to get really good bang for the buck. It, there's a whole gamut of it. But how important is investing um, to to make it in real estate? I think it's super important. Uh, You have to be a student of the game. And I think the number one thing is you need to understand who you are as a person. First Mm -hmm. of all, you know, there's, there's many, 
many ways to understand who you are, whether it be the disc profile or, or whatever it is. But yeah, understand who you are, first of all, and then um, understand what you really like, because there's so many ways to do real estate, as you as you shared already. Um, you know, if you're a very outgoing person, well, there's there's ways to really leverage that. If you're you know, an introvert, there's many ways to leverage being an introvert in this business as well, whether that's working with, with um, sellers that are, are, are not from the area, right? That, uh, you know, you can search and find out who those, those, prop- those properties that are maybe um, um, not owner-occupied at the time or investors don't always need to have a super extrovert person. They can work with an introvert. So maybe understanding who you are first and then, Finding what really makes you like just, I love, love, love that about real estate and then really work on that area. You know, um, if that's, if, if you love doing open houses, you've got an amazing opportunity to be a super successful open house type agent. If you love investors, find ways to be that amazing investor realtor for clients. If that is, you know, just working numbers, well, maybe it's all about, you know, doing multifamily properties or assembling dirt. Like there's just so many ways for us as agents to do this business, but do what you're passionate about and it'll be easy. If you're trying to be, you know, the open house king or queen of the city and you don't like people, (laughs) it's going to be difficult. Yeah. So on my team, on my team, I, that's a really important thing. We, we look at each individual in the team and we just find out what is their passion. And then we try and build a, a business around their passion Ooh. rather than trying to put them into something they're not, they're not passionate about. Because so often we think, well, there's this cookie cutter realtor. And if you just become this kind of realtor, you'll have success. Mm-hmm. If that's not who you are, you're not going to have success. And in fact, you're going to look so unauthentic to the client mm-hmm. like authenticity is what clients want from you yeah so if you're trying to pretend that you're, you're somebody that you're not like for instance i'll take it right to the extreme if i'm a hell's angel and i'm wearing my patch my my my, my patch and i show up in a suit and i try to help you buy or sell a house and they know i'm a hell's angel but you know you're maybe the pastor of the, the church down the street or whatever it is. Like that's not authentic. And I'm going to come through as a fake. But if I come through and I'm wearing my, my leathers and I'm working with, a, with, you know, the bikers or I'm working with whoever that that's authentic and people are going to buy into that and it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to work. I really, um, that's another thing we talk about is when, when someone defines really crystal clear who they believe their target market is and they believe that that's the type of bird. And then you see their branding and it totally conflicts with that target market that they believe they want to work with. I really like pink and I always have pictures of my cat all the time and I want to deal with, you know, surfers and jocks, right. Or whatever, but that, that yeah. I mean, conflict there colors branding like all the different interests are different not that a surfer wouldn't have a cat but it's just the, <laughs> the, the initial the initial look of that will will conflict with the brain of the target yeah. so everything has to be thought through right and um, I like how you with your team that's an interesting thing people if you're thinking about building a team and you bring people on 
and kind of uh, getting a real clear understanding of their strengths and where their their personality profile is. And you can instinctually start to work on that. There's lots of personality profile stuff out there. We talk about it actually in our course too, but um, just having that clear understanding of who you are, but then having that clear understanding of how other people are um, and then working on those strengths. But I will contest that there's a little bit of everything in all of us, a little bit. And we can get into a rut personally, like all of us can do that. Like as human yeah. beings, I, I really believe that we have tendencies, right? There's the numbers people and then there's the engineer type people. And then there's the crazy, you know, there's all these different personality types, but really there's a little bit of everything in all of us. And sometimes we got to turn it on, but I do believe if we start with our strengths and figure out where to fit it there, we inadvertently will start to learn about ourselves. We'll start to learn different things and go, wow, I, that just came out of my mouth. Like really? I just, holy cow. Yeah. Maybe I can kind of do that. And you just start to do it, but it's the doing, you know? So finding that level, finding that place is really important. Absolutely. Right. And doing the reps. So, yeah. you know, you, you can, you can really feel comfortable in an area and love it, but if you're not willing to practice and do it, so you know, you can maybe unconsciously be good at something, but you still have to be, you know, consciously competent at it too. You have to continue yes. to work at it. Very important that you do that, which is being a student, student of the yeah. game. You know, practice, practice, practice. Yeah, I, you heard of uh, Tony Robbins? He's I don't know. Some people know about him. He's 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 going to make it one day, I think. <laughs> Tony Robbins, think, yeah. <laughs> but in his book, he, in uh, Awaken the Giant Within, he talks about Kanai. I don't know if you remember that C A N I, constant mm-hmm. and never ending improvement, and um, and that's just something that should be integrated into everything you do, right? And as a in in life, like just in life in general, but definitely as a realtor, constant and never ending improvement. Absolutely. Yeah, like, for instance, so with we're in COVID-19 times right now, if anybody's listening currently, they'll know that, but for yeah. future. And, um, and so much of how we're dealing with our clients right now is so different. So something that we did in the office here the other day is we just buddied up and started practicing our Zoom presentations. Mm. You know, hey, that's great that you're good at your presentation, but can you do it on Zoom? efficiently effectively without it looking you know awkward and clunky so always always changing and as we move forward there's going to be so many new changes to how we do real estate you know when i started in 1992 one page was the contract you know what a deal one page well today you're lucky if you get by with 20 pages i know and it's hard hard to make four copies when they're signing (laughs) that's right so it's always evolving and changing and we just need to really really be proactive in in uh practicing our skills and improving our skills Absolutely. Yeah, I know. It's funny. We hear a lot of the, you know, the buzzwords come out on different things and the new buzzword right now is, ah, oh, you got to pivot, right? You got to pivot. And, uh, and I love, and I love it. It actually, it's hundred percent correct. We do, we have to pivot. We have to kind of figure out a different way of tackling something and, or come at it a different way, just like you're doing with the zoom presentations. Um, absolutely. Like imagine doing a listing presentation through zoom. It's now acceptable. Right. right. The, the client is now going to go, Oh, I guess I have to do it before there would maybe be some resistance. If we said mm-hmm. to them, Hey, this is how I do my listing presentations. I do them on zoom. And they'd be like, what, what the heck zoom. Right. But now through this, there's actually an opportunity 
because I think a Zoom presentation is highly effective. You can you can share screen, you can show them your website, you can show them how you do video tours, you can show them how you do live, you know, open houses. You can show them all this stuff on your screen, and you can be talking about it and uh, and really excite them into the process through that. And uh, I, I thought of that about a little while ago, about three weeks ago, kind of going, huh, I need to do a video for the listeners to show them how to do a presentation on Zoom now. You're doing it already, so that's fantastic. Yeah, very cool. But yeah, but that's the thing, right? We have to adapt and we have to learn. You know, um, even getting this interview set up, we had a little trouble with the Zoom. I was trying to do it a different way. <laughs> and so we had to figure that out. But that's part of it. You know, we, had, we yeah. just have to figure stuff out. You know, as far as um, in your business, was there a time, I know this happened to me. I know this, there was a time where I remember when I felt like I was all over the place. I felt like I was scrambling every day. I felt like I didn't have any sense of control. Like I just felt like I was reactive to everything. Mm-hmm. And I read a book called The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. And it just, it's the one, like one concept out of that whole book rang in my ears. And then that helped me for the next few years. And it was work on your business instead of working in your business and create systems. Your business is only as good as the systems. Right. Only as good as you, then you got a problem. Because if you get hit by a bus, your business is done. <laughs> what do you have to comment about that? Because I know you have some great systems. Yeah. Um, I, you know, people think I'm a systems guy and I, I am, but I was more of just, um, I'm going to get this stuff done today. And so I hired good people to help me with systems. I had some great people on early in my, um, in my team team start that helped me build some great, great systems. And I would come in, I'm, I'm a more of a concept guy. So I would come in, I would say, you know what, we need to have a better way to manage our, our, our listings, our flow of our listings and our inventory and understand this. And, um, and then I had great people that would actually build it. So I'd come in with a big concept and they would help build it. And then over the course of time, you know, just, kept getting refined and refined and refined. In fact, agents that I was bringing on, uh, we would often sit down together and just, you know, uh, go through, through all our systems and, uh, and, and try and break them and find ways that we could do it better. So that was kind of a team event. So again, we talk about leverage, but they're leveraging all of this, whether it be lead gen, whether it be branding, whether it be confidence, confidence is a really big one that, that, you know, I can really, easily give out to agents but at the same time they were very bright individuals and they would see holes in systems so then we'd all come together and do that a lot of that came together at planning sessions so we would uh, we hold planning sessions just to understand uh, our goals um, re uh, redo our goals on a quarterly basis and so then we just have meetings to like okay so how are we doing here how are we doing there anybody got some great ideas and we just brainstorm with the admin team and the agents to start building better systems because um, we're always better with, with numbers. We're, you know, I, as an individual, I'm only this, this good, but if I can surround myself with five or 10 other great thinkers, now great things happen. Mm-hmm. Not just, not just Randy things happen, but great things happen. Mm-hmm. So um, that was, that was really important for us. And 
every year we'd seem to uh, to redo it. Sometimes we we make changes. They'd actually make almost make it feel like we've gone backwards. Yeah. And sometimes it would help our production immediately because as agents, it's always about the production. <laughs> How many houses can I sell this next year? Yeah. And sometimes you make changes and it actually would pull you back. But what it would do is it'd solidify your, your foundation, strengthen your foundation. So you could move forward with more positive sales or with sales with less energy, less effort, less mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, always just, reevaluating and I had great people around me to help. I still, still have uh, great things. And what I'm finding now, um, if I just put an EXP plug in, I'm connecting and collaborating with so many more agents from around the world that are doing like crazy, crazy, incredible stuff. I, last week I uh, connected with a guy selling 1700 homes in the state of Texas, 1700 homes on his team. And I just, Wow. How? So, you know, I, I sat with him and um, in our EXP world. I didn't go to Texas. I did it virtually. <laughs> and, uh, you know, some simple ideas, some simple things. I go, oh, that is so simple. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of that on my own. So collaborating with other great agents, and, and you'll find those good agents that will just give and share and, you know, um, if anybody wants to reach out to me, you know, virtually anything that I have ever done, produced, made, um, I'll share with you. I have no no secrets. Um, yeah. I know we're all better off. If I can help a few people be better agents, the whole industry is is better served. And we as a profession are seen in a higher light. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing. I mean, I have two causes right now and one is realtor poverty mm. is, you know, that I looked at the average income of the real estate. Now there's a lot of part-time people. There's a lot of people just kind of have a license for whatever reason. I get it, all that. And that, that happens everywhere, but you know, 40 grand a year is the average. And that's with some people making millions, right? Like that should be really stretching the average. Like you're still getting 40 grand a year when you got, you know, the top 20% making two to 300, the, the top 10%, it takes, it gets to the top 10% but before they start making over 90 grand a year, which is really interesting to me in the United States. And so in my mind, and it's always been this way, my original, my company name is still the same It's club 100 online Inc club 100 was a start. And it was all about, I would this back in 2010, 2011, I'd be, um, teaching agents. And it was, I called it club 100 because I believed every agent should make a hundred grand a year. Every agent should make a hundred grand a year. That's, that's replacing jobs. That's, you know, when you take your expenses off and all that kind of stuff. But in my mind, that was really the bottom of the bucket like that. After that, you can propel from that. Like everything that you do to create that hundred grand, you can double, triple, quadruple. Once you, once you have that foundation laid in, Yes. And carry on with your consistent effort and systems and all that stuff. And um, I was getting to something though. I was getting to something. And then the other one was um, the, the, the fact that the realtors are still in the top 10 least trusted professionals. And there is a lot of great people out there doing real estate. A lot of great people, you know, yourself included. And a lot of the people that have come through your team and even in your office, a lot of great people, right? And how can we still be in the top 10 least trusted professionals? We're just, 
hovering around lawyers and and you know and I'm like really because I but but there's because that's because there's a lot of people operating out of desperation out there. Mm-hmm. They don't have proper training. They don't have proper systems. They don't have proper mentors or leaders in the office or people, you know, influencing them properly. And, and I, and I think that then when you operate out of desperation or you're in survival mode, or it's not necessarily your full-time position, it's just an extra little gig. Sometimes that could be the case. And, and they can all of a sudden they're out there in the public and they're, they're affecting people in what we, we perceived a negative way and I want to solve that if I can, like that's one of my missions with my, with my course. That's awesome. That is awesome. Kelly, I I often think of that as um, would I, if I had to get brain surgery tomorrow, would I want to go to a surgeon that's only, you know, done maybe six brain surgeries a year five brain surgeries a year, because that's the average of, of most real estate agents selling five or six homes. Mm-hmm. Or would I want to go to somebody that sold, you know, 30, 40, or 50 homes, or 30 or 40, 50 brain surgeries, or maybe even one or two a day? Yeah. I think I'm going to pick the person that's doing, you know, that doc that's been heavily, heavily educated and trained on brain surgery that's doing a couple a day. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. And that's where, where we, I think, fail so often is that, um, we need to help our agents become really good brain surgeons. Yeah. Yeah. And be productive. And part of that is building the belief. Like I think a lot of times is they just, they don't actually have the, they don't have the self-worth because they, they need some successes, some mini successes to get yes. going. And um, in our course, if I can talk about it in my own yeah. But that, that is actually where my mindset is because I've never seen a course that does that where, they build on many successes so that once you hit, once you do one thing, you go, okay, I can do that. I can do that. It's not outside of my thing. Okay, good. You're not asking me to do cold calls. No, you don't have to do that. You can still make a great living in real estate. And then, you know, but just do these things and do them consistently and do it right with a system in place with the right mindsets behind it. And you do all those things and you can't help but succeed. I really believe that. And it'll take the desperation away. It'll wipe out the survival mode type of mentality, right? Because clients can smell that five miles away, right? And uh, anyway, that's uh, I'll, I'll getting off track. But yeah. anyway, I, uh, <laughs> um, would you be cool, listeners, after knowing and, and listening to Randy Dick and um, knowing about all of his successes and all of the awards and recognition that he's had over the years that we talked about at the very beginning. Um, would any one of you that are listening right now like to have a one-on-one 15-minute phone call with Randy Dick? Randy, are you willing to do that? I'd love to do that. That makes me, you know, those are the, the calls that make my day, actually. Yeah. So I'd love to do that, yeah. Yeah, that would be amazing. Just pick his brain. You got 15 minutes. Randy's a pretty generous guy. He'll may let it go to 20 minutes, but he's <laughs> he's a great guy to talk to and just a wealth of information and and really knows this business inside out from scrambling from the beginning to building teams to operating teams that are not even in his same city anymore he's dealing with people and motivating people and teaching them and training them and keeping them fired up so it's it's it would be uh definitely worth 
the phone call. So if you would like to have a phone call with Randy Dick, 15-minute phone call, go into iTunes, give me a comment, and uh, let me know you want to have a phone call with Randy Dick. Let us know how you, what you thought about the episode. You can find me on Instagram, kellyjohnston.training. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Kelly Johnston. You can go to LinkedIn, find me in Kelly Johnston 4X Formula. And uh, any one of those ways, contact me in some way. Reach out. Let me know that you want to have a 15-minute phone call with Randy Dick. And uh, I will figure out who the winner is. I'll let them know. In the, I'll let you know in the next episode that's coming up, and uh, we'll tell you more about that at the end, and then uh, and then I'll get in touch with you, and I'll get you guys together. Does that sound good, Randy? Sounds great. Sounds that's great. Awesome. I'm really excited about that. Um, okay. This is a pause edit moment here. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, something fun that uh, I like to talk about um, with anybody that's been in real estate or been in for a little while or maybe even not very long, but I call it the unicorn. Now, I don't know if you've ever had, you ever dealt with clients that are the unicorn and the unicorn to me, um, it's, it's just a funny laugh thing in the office when they'll <laughs> say, you know what, I've got somebody looking for uh, a four bedroom condo right downtown. It can't be older than five years old. He doesn't want to spend more than 150 grand. And I said, that person is looking for a unicorn. <laughs> yeah. And we have that, right? We run into it all the time. And sometimes we fall victim to it. And we spend a lot of time on those people. Yeah. Every once in a while, a unicorn does something and they'll find it. But, you know, do you have a unicorn story of somebody you've dealt with, either a seller or a buyer? And it either succeeded or you just kind of had to have a conversation with them at some point. Well, I think, I think as new agents, you have lots of unicorns because <laughs> you, you're never, um, I shouldn't say you're never, but often you don't know the right question to ask. And so you just keep being led down this path. And before you know, you haven't cut it off or directed that buyer or seller to a different place that they need to be. And so you end up just spending a ton of energy on, on unicorn buyers or sellers. And usually it's a buyer that's the unicorn. Um, I, I had many early on in my career because I was just so hungry that I'd chase anything. Yeah. And they often ended in big disappointments. Yeah. Because I, I can remember this one, for instance, uh, I was about three, four months in the business and they had this, this you know, mega long list of what they're looking for. And back then we just had the catalog. Yeah. <laughs> you know, things weren't online and they weren't current. And so you spent time actually sometimes just driving around neighborhoods looking for something. So I was looking for this perfect piece of acreage. And I'm driving like from Abbotsford to Chilliwack to Majuba Hill to you know, Langley to Mission looking for this this right piece of property. And uh, in some cases it wouldn't even be listed and I'd be knocking on doors and doing all this kind of stuff, looking, yeah. looking for this perfect piece of property. And, um, you know, also one day I get a phone call from them and say, Hey, we're so happy that you, uh, you helped us look for some, some property, but we got to tell you that we, we bought a piece of property last week. <laughs> <laughs> Just crushed me, you know, new agents throwing everything out to find this, this yeah. unicorn property for this unicorn buyer. And, uh, you know, so eventually I asked, well, what did you really buy? Well, they didn't buy anything that they told me they're looking for, which 
was my my first real experience in Randy, you got to ask all the right questions. Yes. And even when you think you've got the right answer, you ask more questions and more questions. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's yeah. my unicorn story. But that's the, you know, like we're all going to go through this at some point. We're all going to run into it. And uh, we talk about it in the course too, how to recognize the unicorn. And, but there, you can still do things with unicorns. Like, you know, but, but part of it is, is educating them. If you know your market really, really well, you can say to that guy, what you're looking for is impossible. It does not exist. So right. where, where can we try and make this work for you? Like what, what box can we put you in that actually has a possibility of having success yeah. and, and, and getting into that? And then you have the sellers too, right? You have the sellers that are the only ifs. I, I'm only selling if I have this happen. I get this kind of money. I get, you know. And you have to make a decision whether or not you want to spend time on that. And if there is a seller only if, then I got to get two buyers off that listing, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'm not going to sell it. I got to get two buyers off it somehow. And That's right. so, anyway, it's, uh, it, it's interesting. I'm, I'm always uh, looking for the funny unicorn stories, but uh, and we all got them. We all got them. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to let you go, Randy. This has been, I've taken up a lot of your time and I, um, I really appreciate you taking time with us today and it's been a pleasure uh, Kelly a lot of valuable information uh, for our sellers and stuff and did you end up um, getting into the back end of the Forex course at all I did amazing what you've got going on in the back end is is just phenomenal Kelly and uh, and I love that you're you know you're targeting all agents but but you're really targeting that uh, that newer agent that is just learning how to walk you know, then do a fast walk, then actually jog, and then eventually run like you and I are running right now. And I think that's just an amazing, amazing uh, uh, thing that you're doing. And, and the material and the work that you're doing is phenomenal. So really oh, commend sure. you. Really, really admire you for that. Oh, thank you, Randy. Yeah, I never did ask you about that. <laughs> but I'm glad you got in the back end and checked it out and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah I, it's, it's been a lot of work. It's been over three years of work putting this together and putting systems together and tools and all that for, for new agents. So they really just have the playbook to make right. And that's, that's the goal. And I really believe we can help a lot of people. So anyway, thank mm -hmm. you for looking through that. I appreciate getting your awesome. <laughs> okay. So remember everybody, if you want a chance to have a 15 minute one-on-one -on -one phone call with Randy Dick, go into iTunes, leave some comments, hit me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, any one of those. And, uh, and I'll, I'll put you guys together. So let me know. I'm going to announce it in the next episode. All right, Randy, thank you very much for everything. I appreciate it. Have a super day. Bye -bye, awesome, Kelly. Thank you. Hang up. Hey, before you go, love to get your feedback on this episode. If you'd like a chance to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Randy Dick and pick his brain, you can have them all to yourself for 15 to 30 minutes. Take a screenshot of the episode, post it on Instagram and tag me, kellyjohnston.training, or on Twitter, 4x underscore real. On Facebook, look for Kelly Johnston Training as well. And otherwise, put a comment in iTunes and I'll get notified. I'll pick a couple winners who will have a chance to have a one-on-one -on -one session with Randy Dick, who's now a double icon agent with EXP. Any of you who kind of understand the EXP system understand that's pretty cool. He is such a giving individual and is now at the stage in his life where he wants to give back to the industry. 
take him up on it. You're going to learn so much from this guy. Make sure you subscribe. Get notified when we post weekly episodes. And I'm excited, actually, about our next guest next week, Cynthia Schmidt. She's a Twitter master, and I've learned stuff from her that I never could have learned about how valuable Twitter can be for a real estate professional. There's things about Twitter that are different than everything else. And she points that out and she's really, she really understands it. So that is going to be a very valuable episode for you. Uh, So tune in for that. That's coming out next week. All right, that's it for today. Take care, stay safe, flatten the curve and make a great day.